Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that naturally reached for a drink after calculating how many hours we spent playing RPGs. I am your host, David Lloyd, and in this 100th episode spectacular, the pub celebrates its third birthday by revealing the final results of our RPG Battle Royale, and reminiscing a little bit about how we got started and how far the podcast has come. Joining me as a staple of the Thirsty Mage podcast ever since his debut on episode 10, fellow lifelong Final Fantasy fan, Jordan Rudick. I can't believe it's been 90 episodes. I, I wouldn't have even guessed it's that many. It doesn't feel like uh, I'm doing it that long. But I don't know. I guess when you're having fun, time flies, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, even looking at 100 episodes over three years, it sounds crazy. And then I was uh, looking at the back catalog to some episodes that we did in 2019, and it didn't feel like that long ago. But at the same time, the Final Fantasy episodes uh, that we did actually do feel like a lifetime ago, and they were in 2019 as well. It does, yeah. I mean, that, that was that was a great uh, direct when they announced all those games coming to Switch. We were super happy about that. I thought, you know, maybe we'd get one or two, but then for, for seven, eight, nine all to show up was really neat. Um, I remember actually being fairly nervous for that first uh, episode recording when we were doing the, uh, I guess, the collective uh, Final Fantasy retrospective uh, podcast. It ended up being like four hours long or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. I'm, I'm glad to still be here. And uh, also joining us is a gentleman that's been here from the very first episode. And without his help, the Thirsty Made podcast wouldn't have been a podcast at all. And that's Casey Gibson. Well, I don't, I don't want to take that much credit. I'm sure you would have uh, come around to it eventually. But yeah, it's, it really is hard to believe. Hundred episodes. Obviously, I haven't been on all of them. But uh, yeah, crazy, right? Xenoblade Two was was something that got us sort of sparked. But uh, plenty of other games out there really kept us going. And and yeah, I can't believe we replayed. Final Fantasy 7 2 years ago like it, like it feels <laughs> like it was like a couple months ago and then it's just like oh but then like you said then you sort of reflect upon it and you're like man that really was a long time ago Every time I look at the back catalog for something that we've played or something like that it just it shocks me in both respects that that time goes so quick and and, and so far away it's just it's insane to me so I still want to replay it myself. Like I, I still think about the the original game, and you know, it's obviously been coming up in the uh, the battle royale tournament here, and uh, with with you know the remake being in the news during uh, last week's uh, state of play presentation from Sony. Every time I see or hear that music, uh, the the soundtrack's on Spotify for the remake now. Uh, every time I hear it, I just want to go back and play the original one. It's it's uh, what a great game. Well, hopefully they put that the new. I don't know. I can't. It's like a compilation, I guess, of like the Final Fantasy VII timeline. Hopefully, that uh, it looks like it's going to be start off as a mobile game, but hopefully that uh, yeah that ends up on Switch. It looks more advanced than just the chibi uh, weird mobile thing they did for Final Fantasy XV, the Pocket Edition. Yeah, it's definitely more than Pocket Edition, yeah. but you know, again, it's it's just a matter of it, when it's on mobile, it's not like you know beholden to Sony or anything like that. So very possible we could see that on Switch at some point too. Yeah, and uh, lastly, the most recent addition to the pub, a regular that uh, at the time we actually forgot to check her ID to see if she was even legally allowed to be drinking in here, Paige Detlison. Hey, the only place where I wouldn't be allowed to drink is a place where drinking is illegal in the first place. <laughs> I started thinking about it, and like Australia, like the the legal age for drinking there must be like 16, though, right? It's 18, yeah. <laughs> they, they got it right. As soon as we saw that Paige was holding a root beer, I said, we're letting her in regardless. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, those those uh, Red Bulls, got the, they got to kick, kick all of their own, so. Yeah. So before we get into this week's menus of beer and snacks, I just wanted to thank everyone who listens to the show. 
and those that support us through Patreon and Discord. Without your support, we would not be uh, we would not be able to take this podcast that started off as a seg- semi-regular feature on someone else's show to a, a weekly podcast that's now uh, thriving with a community of terrific people uh, that we love to talk to on a daily basis. So just, uh, I guess, a little bit of history uh, on our show. The, uh, the idea of the Thirsty Mage actually began when uh, Casey and I, back in, I guess, 20... Be- it would have been beginning of 2018, be, I guess, eh? because it came out at the end of 2017, right? Uh, Xenoblade. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and I don't think uh, I don't think we played it right away. Like I know, I think it came out in like December 2017, and uh, I don't remember, recall the exact reasons why, but I remember we both kind of picked it up, but didn't really get into it until like January, February, I think, after it came out. But uh, Perry knew we were playing for sure because uh, in the old Slack channel, uh, I think we must have filled up a cu- couple hundred pages of. Uh, have you, did you get to this point? Did you see this guy? Wasn't this wasn't this wild? Yeah, we we pretty much were almost in like lockstep, right? Where it would be maybe you would get like an hour or two ahead, and then I would catch up, and then maybe you know maybe I would be a little ahead, and then you'd catch up, and yeah, we, we'd be spitting back uh, notes and thoughts on the whole matter. But um, instead of taking it to a private chat, for some reason we just continued to do it on our uh, you, me, and Perry chat. So yeah, it would just be, yeah, Perry must have logged into like hundreds of missed messages and they were all just about a game he did not care about. <laughs> did, not, did not care about the least. And usually it would be like very vague things too, because like I'd start laughing about something and then, and then be like, wait for it. And then you, and then you get to the point, start laughing and we'd have a fun time about it. And Perry's like, I hate these guys. If Perry, if Perry wasn't turned off of RPGs by that point, he certainly was after. So I think we have you two yeah, to thank yeah, for he, that. He pretty much played Xenoblade Chronicles 2 by osmosis. Yeah, right. <laughs> he he certainly didn't need to play it again because he knew he knew every story beat from beginning to end. The the whole hundred and I think it was like 115 hours by the Ooh. by the time uh, end credits came around. So an amazing 115. Yeah, exactly. There was uh, and not like that wasn't even like I don't think either of us even really went for like the collectibles. Like I know there was blades that we hadn't got by the end, and there was other other things that we could have found and stuff and side quests that we didn't do, and it was still. Uh, a very tight 115 hours by the end. It was. It's a pretty, pretty incredible experience, really. Definitely. I also just want to talk a little bit about our Discord channel because uh, it's become really a kind of a beacon of positivity in an industry that's dominated by negativity. All of us are kind of pretty active on Twitter, and it's it's pretty easy to kind of get into these um, black holes of <laughs> of uh, discourse on Twitter, and uh, especially during 2020 when things are already kind of tough as it is, and people are kind of struggling. When you go on Twitter and you see the the kinds of discussions that are going on, it can really bring you down pretty quick. But um, yeah, our Discord channel has has been terrific. It's a, a great place to go to to talk to a lot of positive people. I know uh, for me personally, it's brightened my day uh, a few times. It's it's a great place to go and have a, a good chuckle or talk about you know Legends of Heroes and that sort of thing. But I uh, just want to let everyone know who's uh, a listener who uh, maybe is kind of uh, searching out for the the same kind of environment that our Discord channel really is a, a culmination of what we set out to create when we started up the podcast. And uh, any listeners that aren't already there uh, can come join us for some com- fun conversations. So, uh, I mean, it, 
certainly most of the, the topics are RPG related, but uh, we, we also have a good time with other topics as well. So, David, I, I'm, I'm going to stop you right here because I, I want to call them a community of enablers because they <laughs> enable you to continue your addiction of the Trails games. That's where David goes to get his hit. Every, every, day, <laughs> every day when I log into Discord, I, I just see what the conversation's like, and it's always inevitably going back to Trails. I mean, I, I'm happy that, that we found like this group of people that really likes you know engaging in those games. It's really cool. But you're right. I mean, it's, it's obviously a lot, a lot more positive and upbeat. And uh, even if I'm not, you know, uh, popping into chat too regularly, I'm happy to kind of always just follow along with the conversation uh, behind the scenes. So, yeah, it's uh, it's terrific place. I, I, I can't uh, I can't argue with you on on be, the being enabled. Like, doesn't <laughs> it, it doesn't take very much uh, prod to turn a conversation no. towards something. It's uh, it's like six six separations to trails in the <laughs> trails of the sky or trails of. That's Trails right. of Cold or Steel. Final Fantasy 1. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, but uh, I guess before, we don't want to reminisce too much. We we got some, uh, got to find out about the new Oreo selection this week and some of the beers that we're having, that yes, sort of thing. So maybe, Jordan, you can kick us off with uh, what what you found in the Oreo department. Sure. So, I of course, I, was gonna, I wasn't going to just bring one flavor to our 100th episode, so I've got two here. One uh, that just seems very on brand for for me, uh, I suppose David and Casey as well, uh, and that's uh, Oreo Thins uh, Latte Cream flavor. Mm. <laughs> really? These are new. I haven't <laughs> seen these before. Yeah. Uh, got a nice little cup of latte on the uh, on the on the cover here. Um, they're very nice, actually. Uh, so th- I, this is the first. Um, thins flavor i've tried other than the kind of the regular oreo flavor so it's still um a dark chocolate cookie uh, on the top and bottom uh, and then just a thin layer of cream uh, it's quite sweet um i wouldn't even call it like coffee flavored it's you get like a hint of like a maybe a very very sweet latte flavor i suppose but it's not strong it's subtle it's just pretty sweet uh for that reason obviously i like it um but yeah, they're very nice. Uh, again, can't can't have uh, can't have too many. Uh, you know, the sweetness does build up like that. But uh, yeah, these are definitely in the in the top half of my catalog. I would say for for Oreo flavors, I might even prefer them to the regular Oreos thins, um, just just because they taste a little bit different, and I like that uniqueness. Um, so yeah, Oreo thins latte cream flavor, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, definitely a thumbs up over here. And then, you know, to celebrate David and his podcast reaching 100 episodes, I also uh, picked up some golden Oreos <laughs> off the shelf. I thought you were going to say you had a beer to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a golden Oreo beer. Uh, no, okay. See, I'm not. I'm not. So that, that's maybe 200 episodes. No, I. Uh, so yeah, I grabbed a pack of golden Oreos as well. Um, both of them were on sale. So that was kind of nice. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to elevate my former opinion about Golden Oreos a little higher. Uh, I, I, I didn't like them as much. And I think one of the reasons I didn't like them before was because I, I compared them to Girl Guide cookies, which, which we would normally get here. And the the two of the most common flavors for Girl Guide cookies are like the vanilla cookie with the, the white cream inside and then the chocolate cookie with the chocolate cream inside. You usually get um, one row of each flavor if you if you buy like the standard box. Uh, so for that reason, I I, I kind of had I already had that kind of that flavor in mind for the golden Oreos. Like ah, oh, it, it kind of tastes the same as a bunch of other cookies. But uh, I I actually really like the cookie, and there's not that much cream. So kind of at least the, the, this batch that I've got, and so I, I, they're kind of light, and it, it's nice actually. It's nice to you know 
the, the maybe the traditional Oreos are a little bit you know heavier on the on the sugar and the chocolate flavoring and the cookies. But uh, the golden Oreos are a nice kind of light change of pace. Um, I wouldn't call it a go to or anything, but it was it was a little bit nicer than I remembered. And happy to um, yeah, kind of keep it around the the, the median uh, score for for what I'm giving these Oreos right now. It's definitely not in the bottom, not the top, but I'll put it happily in that creamy middle area but for you. Here's David, the thing: okay? you say you like the thins, right? You like the thins ones, but you I also like things, really yeah. like the the double stuffed. <laughs> so you're right. just so, you're all over the board. That's pretty much what we're getting. <laughs> I'm not. Okay, I'm, I'm. I'll tell you where I'm not. I'm not in the middle. I I'm either <laughs> right. high or Regular low. Regular just my ain't cutting it anymore. Uh, I want. I want. I want a little bit of Oreo, and I can have three of them. Or I want a big and one, three with lots of cream, and I can have one or two. Uh, yeah, I still when, have three of them exactly. When um, John said that he had more than one Oreo to talk about us, where I was gonna pull out a hundred different flavors and start a new battle royale. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if there were that many, I somebody stop me if I get to the grocery store because that's gonna be a that's gonna be a cart full of them. Um, I, I I don't even know how many there are. Like I I I did see another flavor I didn't pick up. I saw uh, carrot cake. I just cake. googled it. They're saying. Over 85 Oreo flavors. So when they hit 100, you're going to have your own podcast and it's going to be Oreo comparison. That could be for the 200th episode. Yeah. This might be our longest episode ever. And that's because I'm going to be recording it from the hospital. Chocolate uh, coated, white chocolate coated, velvet cream. Uh, There's all sorts (laughs) of in here, man. See, this... Now hang on, those chocolate coated. I can't even count those because I've got dairy cream. in them. So you know, I'm not. I'm not going to be all about that because then I would definitely Carrot be in the cake. hospital. Well, I'll take the chocolate coated ones, and I'll I'll review those ones okay. for you. Sounds good. I'll send I'll send your Halloween. few boxes your way. Yeah, I saw. So I saw the carrot cake on the shelf, and I'm like. I don't even know if I would like that. Like, I, I don't, I'm, carrot cake's fine. Like, I, I don't. I'm not a big carrot cake guy. I wouldn't say I am either. So I, I can't yeah. imagine liking the carrot cake flavored Oreos. But at some point, you know, if we get desperate here for content, oh I'll, I'll go-, go and try them. Thin's pina colada. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds good. That hits me right in the heart. I, Thin's I, okay, I got to find those. I that... latte cream. Thin's bites fudge dipped coconut. Fudge dipped <laughs> mint cream. That's a. That's literally yeah, a mouthful. All case. sorts of. I'm just gonna link it for you guys to peep later. I yes, forget what was the podcast about again. This is the Oreo. <laughs> the, it's talk. I don't even know. It, it's gonna be about pina colada Oreos. Pretty <laughs> yeah, fast. Just, so. just, to, just to finish. Uh, just to finish up. Uh, you said the the, van- the the vanilla golden Oreo is is uh, right in the middle. It's not your favorite, and it's not the worst. Uh, so what you're That's saying right. is I'm it's, putting it it's, right in the middle. It's the octopath traveler of Oreo cookies. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no, he didn't gosh, say this it. This is what I get for derailing the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get one yeah, thing. It's got, I, I promise not to make fun of Octopus. gameplay, but uh, no story to that's it. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose I had that one coming. <laughs> All right, Casey, better get us back on track here. Uh, man, I'm just I'm just ogling over this list. It's unbelievable. Mississippi Mud Pie Oreo? Jesus. Um, I, 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 I've got my classic water. Just finished up my coffee. Got my H2O here. Uh, I did have to... I, I got home a little closer to, to recording than I had originally thought, so I had to stop and get a little little treat from Zaxby's. Uh, some white cheddar bites. Mm. Now, you're having white cheddar bites with coffee? Well, I had that before, and then I had the okay. coffee afterwards. Okay, gotcha. And then now I'm on to the water. Yeah. It's been like a 45 minutes of intake. Just random things. But yes. And how about you, Paige? What, uh, you're... 
You're in breakfast mode right now, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I had uh, pizza pockets for breakfast. <laughs> oh, you didn't have. Is it, o- is it always pizza Oreo? something page for breakfast? <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm just grabbing a glass of Coca Cola. Breakfast. God, I, want, I want your life. Pizza for breakfast every morning. That's what I want to do. <laughs> well, th- this is your fault, Jordan, because last week you told us that pizza was more healthy for you to for breakfast than anything in a in a box cereal. So it's true. I should, I shouldn't be spreading the gospel of pizza for breakfast. That's my mistake. It's Oreos <laughs> for breakfast from now on for me. That's right. <laughs> so I think pizza still wins that one. I'll uh, finish up uh, this uh, this talk with uh, my beer of the week. So this one is, I, I went with the local again. I got something from uh, Ottawa Valley. It's called the uh, Blood Moon from Whitewater Brewing Company. It's uh, I mostly picked it because I thought it was a very RPG sounding beer. But it's uh, a blood orange sour. That's, uh, it's it's pretty good. It's got, it's very, very low on hops. Like it's, it, it, it's about, if you, if you don't like beer because of the hops, this is about as far away from hops as you can get because it's very tart and fruity but uh yeah this is a, a pretty pretty good beer it was a pretty strong taste but uh, i have to say i was a i was a big fan of this one especially with the pizza i just had for dinner so uh it's it's going down uh, pretty pretty smooth right after that i had a follow-up i i just completely lost it i don't know what i was gonna say <laughs> I, uh, this is, uh, sorry, it's all this cookie talk I am. Uh, <laughs> he's, 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 he's too busy dreaming of the uh, pina colada Oreo. I can't, no. Dreaming I, that, or is he on Amazon searching? <laughs> I, I, I'm ready to leave my house and just go find them, because that, that <laughs> is literally my dream come true, so. <laughs> Well, I guess uh, because we are an RPG podcast, we should probably get into our, some RPG talk. And uh, it's finally, we finally come to the end. It's been a three-month journey, a little over three months, really. In our RPG Battle Royale, it's basically, uh, we've been narrowing down the from 32 games all the way down to the final two. And uh, tonight, we're officially unveiling the winner of the RPG Battle Royale, but we're going to count down from 10. Uh, as uh, we, we've got a nice little list here based on the voting that came from our Patreon and uh, also came from on Twitter uh, from the, the folks that follow us. So it's it's got a, a good uh, good sampling of, of the people uh, in the community and gives us an idea of uh, what we're all playing and what our favorite uh, RPGs have been. So I guess we'll uh, we'll start the countdown and then maybe uh, say a few say a few things about it. Maybe uh, comment on where we think it pl- if we if it placed in the right spot or whatnot. But kind of go from here. So starting off in the number ten position is Final Fantasy VII Remake. So how does a game that's not even finished yet make it this far on the? <laughs> hey, te- technically the. It depends on your definition of, of remake, of, of whether it's the remake of the original Final Fantasy VII or if you uh, assume that it's a subtitle of a uh, trilogy, I guess. I guess it's it's all a matter of perspective, I believe. 
I've got a question that like Paige does as well. How does a game where you absolutely hate the ending so so much <laughs> make the top ten list? I guess until we talked you down off of it. Well, a it, bit. this was a vote, right? It, it wasn't all David. Yeah. Well, I, I would I still say we'll, we'll we'll get to the fact that it wasn't all David later. <laughs> I mean, in the no top spoilers. Three, but... I don't see Final Fantasy VIII on the top ten, so you know it wasn't just David. <laughs> That's right. See, I thought he was going to add an extra Roman numeral to one of those yeah. games. <laughs> I thought uh, I thought about it a few times uh, during the the competition of fudging some of the numbers, but uh, I, I I I kept my integrity. I kept it uh, I kept it official. Like the oh, old yeah. NWR Patreon votes, you dirty dog. <laughs> yeah. For for the what game we're gonna play? All of a sudden, we I, I look and one's just nuked like thirty <laughs> times. Like we don't even have that many patrons. What's going on here? <laughs> I don't see that's the funny thing. I don't think there was any nuking going on with this. It se- it felt pretty legitimate. Yeah. Like because there on Patreon there were there were a handful of votes for for the whatever games were up for whatever were up for a debate there. And then on Twitter, you know, fifty to hundred votes, and uh, and then we each had our votes. Like it, it felt you know, it felt fairly democratic. And uh, I think I think Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, deserves to make the list. What I think is funny is that uh, it Final Fantasy VII is appearing in multiple times on this list. But no other Final Fantasy games are on this list. That that's kind of funny to me. But yeah. uh, uh, I I think the remake's well deserving. The 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 soundtrack is incredible. Uh, except I've been listening to it on Spotify and kind of gaining a new appreciation for all the little subtle changes it makes to uh, the original score. Um, I can't wait to to replay either the entire game and certainly um, uh, uh, the, the new episode with Yuffie uh, when mm-hmm. that comes out uh, in a couple months. Like I, I think that's super exciting. I actually got more excited for that playing it again on PS5 than I, I I expected to. I didn't really think I would go back, but new content and revisiting those characters in that world, uh, I'm stoked for it. So I'm I'm really happy to see this uh, on the list. I can't wait to one day play it. Yeah, I was gonna. And Paige, you haven't played it either yet, right? No. Um, I'd probably wait till it's finished. That's my plan. <laughs> it might be waiting a few years. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What will come first, the end of the world or the end of Final Fantasy VII Remake? Might not even be this decade, honestly. Now that you know you you brought up there doing that mobile one, honestly, maybe I'd be better off waiting for that to be finished and for that to get ported to Switch because that seems like more what some people might have expected. If that's coming, if that's coming to Switch, that is definitely happening before the remake game is finished. That yeah. is for sure. Let's see, yeah, yeah I think so. it would be the better option. I'm curious though if if uh, it'll be able to to get onto Switch because I was surprised to learn that the, when they go to the battle scenes, it, it's actually Final Fantasy VII remake assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if they can get that on Switch. You'd think if it ran on mobile, it would run on Switch or or an upgraded yeah. Switch at the very least. You know, like I I I'd, I'd be surprised. I think it's just more of a whether whether they want to do that or not, or whether they're tied to some license on just over mobile or something. I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, but we'll move on to number nine, which is Dragon Age Origins. This is uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with this one being on there. I think uh, as the representative of the best Dragon Age. Not the best Bioware, but it it was voted best Dragon Age. I I, th- I think this uh, deserves to be up on, on there as well. It was it was a fun time. I really wish it was on a, a new console and not stuck on my PlayStation Three. But we'll see. Maybe there's a, a remake for Dragon Age Origins coming down the pipe one day. I was gonna say it wouldn't surprise me, especially right like just the way companies are these days. If you got a game that's pretty well well uh, thought pack upon you know they, they could polish it up a little bit and uh, make some cash off it uh, i could see that being a ps5 or you know xbox one type of release at some point um 
you know, I, especially like I we do we know what they're doing next? I, I can't say I follow them all that much. So there's a there's a Dragon Age four whatever the subtitle is going to be is in is in development. I don't know how close it is. So, uh, yeah. Probably not probably not coming this year. But I wonder if it might be something sort of like with uh, Shin Megami Tensei, right? Where it's like, hey, we're going to re-release you know um, the mm-hmm. this older game to sort of. One, hold you off till the the new one's ready, but also to drum up some, um, you know, excitement for people who might not have played it. Uh, because this, yeah. for me, like this, yeah, this is a very much a Western RPG, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's like I haven't really gotten too much into these games. I I really need to just like pony up one of these days and just do it. You know, I, I feel like my mindset is like, oh, I don't like these style of games. I'm not going to play them. You know, uh, where I'm sure if I actually buckled down and played it for a little bit probably end up really enjoying it i mean we've got three of the best on this list and drag age origins is one of those you know like it's it's a game yeah it is it is prime for a remake i don't know that it's aged super super well the story is fantastic still um but yeah maybe we could get a trilogy of dragon age or uh, dragon age games uh just like what's happening with mass effect right although the next mass effect is further off dragon age 4 is probably a little bit closer uh but even yeah even just basic re-releases or a remaster of dragon age origins with uh its dlc would be would be welcome to me i'd love to play it again i don't think i've played a bioware game at all really <laughs> although looking at the release dates i mean i wasn't really playing pc games as a teenager so mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people played this game on PC. Uh, I think I played it first on on Xbox 360, uh, maybe maybe on PlayStation at some point as well. But yeah, the Bioware games, you know, I think it's a it's a it's a particular niche. Like they're they're pretty well regarded, but that doesn't mean that everyone got into them. If you didn't play Kotor. Uh, it probably or or Mass Effect is probably harder to to find your way into into these series. So, um, but yeah, Paige, still still well worth getting into at least you know one or two of these Bioware games because I, I think they're still they're still good enough uh, without remasters that they're worth going back to. Probably Mass Effect Two. I'm thinking would probably be if I was to pick a Bioware game for you, I'd probably go with Mass mm-hmm. Effect Two. I think, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure a, a remaster of Dragon Age Origins would still sell better than Anthem did. So. Oh. <laughs> Anthem two oh, can Anthem two canceled so that they could remake the uh, the Dragon Age trilogy. That's that's my prediction right there. I I feel like probably everyone <laughs> in the world would be okay with that. <laughs> that's right. Oh, Anthem's done. They're, they they already they're those those people are on Dragon Age four and Massive the, the next Mass Effect game. I think yeah. that was already announced or hinted at. So yeah, and that's good. I'd rather see. I, I get it. Like new IP, fantastic, but. The anthem as an anthem as an IP didn't work, so you know, go back and give us more Dragon Age and Mass Effect goodness, please. And uh, number eight on our list is Dark Souls, the From Software game. I know for Dark Souls, for me, it, it was uh, it was an acquired taste. I think whenever I play a From Software game, I end up hating it at the beginning and lo- loving it at the end. Uh, it really is one of those types of games where uh, it, it's completely brutal and uh, unforgiving and. Uh, really toys with your emotions early on, but then uh, I, I, it, the sense of accomplishment later on as you start to get further in and, and really getting uh, everything kind of a feel for getting comfortable in the game makes a big difference. And definitely one of those games that feels really good to accomplish and, and uh, get under your belt. 
Yeah, Dark Souls is interesting because it, it always, inevitably, anytime you talk about a Souls game, you, you know, the concept of difficulty uh, in video games comes up. And yeah, these, these are hard games. Like it, they require a lot of patience and practice and uh, kind of understanding of their systems. But once you figure it out, it comes down to you making mistakes or you being impatient, whether you're unsuccessful or successful, right? So yeah, there's a lot of great entry points for the Soulsborne games. Uh, you know, whether you want to play Bloodborne, um, Dark Souls, uh, any of the Dark Souls games, uh, or or even uh, the Demon Souls remake on PS5, which is fantastic. We talked about that a few months ago. Um, I think Dark Souls still still holds up. Uh, in if they've got you've got the Dark Souls trilogy uh, on on PS4, and the, there's re, a remaster of the game uh, on Switch as well. So lots of different places you can play Dark Souls. Uh, I think you can play it on PC or Steam with mods as well. So um, yeah, definitely a game to still get into if you've never tried it. Uh, I think it I think it does hold up in a lot of ways still, and it it's it's unique. I think it's just so kind of like beautiful artistically as well. Uh, just the different scenes and the way they tell the story. It's it's all it's all good there. So yeah, I love yeah, that love Dark Souls. the aesthetic, right? Like just traveling mm-hmm. through that world um, is so gritty and and like it, they just do a good, a really good job of setting. Uh, the atmosphere to match how you sort of feel traversing it, right? Because every enemy is so punishing. Um, yeah. I wish, for me, it's like I've played a little Dark Souls when it came out on the Switch. I think it's just a game you absolutely need the time to put in. Uh, like, you're not going to pick this uh, this game up and be like willy-nilly, like, I'll put like a half hour in every couple days. Or, like, you, you really need to like go, hey, I'm going to die a bunch. I'm going to need to learn uh, from those mistakes and sort of push on forward, uh, which is funny. Uh, to bring this back to some World of Warcraft, I know everyone loves hearing about it. Uh, sort of similar, right? Like, uh, with, at least with the end game of that, it's like you go and you die against a boss a bunch of times, but you learn mm-hmm. each time and then you overcome it. But obviously, in a single player setting, um, you know, where you're not really relying on anyone else. So it it does honestly, it it seems like it would be something I would love to play like all the way through. I, I did play a lot more Bloodborne, so I, I got a little bit of a feel. I think that game's. Um, significantly easier than dark souls i think at least from the two i played i feel like i was it was much easier to play through uh, bloodborne but um yeah I, I just when i do eventually get a ps5 i think dark like the remaster just because how insane it looks like w- will be the time i finally play through it the um, problem with the switch version of it though is that you can't change the buttons and it's automatically mapped to like the normal japanese layout mm. Mm, it's weird that they haven't like patched that in or anything to fix. Yeah. Can you change the buttons on the the PS on the PlayStation version? Don't know. I don't remember. Uh... Yeah, that, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. I usually, I just, I, I usually I play with the standard, but I don't I don't know if you can. More of a point for like Nintendo fans because typically the games have like swapped over um, for the Western button layout. Uh, whereas if you're playing on PlayStation, so, you know, occasionally you'll play a game where it's the other way around at least. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember what I was playing. A, I was playing a game on PlayStation and playing one on a Switch at the same time, and I, I and they had <laughs> they had the opposite ones, and it, it screwed me up to no end. I can't remember. I was doing. It might have been with Demon Souls on PS5, and then another game I was playing on Switch, and the agree or and cancel <laughs> buttons would be swapped, and every time I, my brain would get screwed up going back and forth between the two. So that that wasn't a lot of fun. You you, you definitely want to have the ability to, to swap buttons. It seems kind of elementary, but well, it's really weird on PlayStation always. Five now too because. I think Sony, what I don't know if it was official, but they had mentioned that they were switching to the the Nintendo way of like using, I guess it would be X or like I I, I think it's like PlayStation has always been zero and then Nintendo was X, 
And then Sony just started being like, okay, well, we'll, we'll start using X. And I know there was some pushback, but then even the with the PlayStation 5 games I've played, they've, they've like, some still are go- using the old way and some are using the new way. So it's mm. hopefully at some point they, there's some. Give us some consistency. Yeah, because yeah. it, it just it throws you off. But I guess part of that too might be because, uh, like all the old PS4 games that you're that I was playing obviously would all be on the old system or old way to do it so yeah it'll be interesting uh, where that goes but um the next uh, next game on our list this I guess this would be if if there was one game on this list that I would swap it with something else I I'm, this would be it for me but I will uh, accept the uh, the community's decision to go with Xenoblade Chronicles the first one as the best Nintendo published video uh, rpg mm. i mean it, it is ju- definitely good job community <laughs> it, it's definitely deserving I, I think both games are amazing i i feel like it's sort of for me like they're on like the the scale right and they're just they're practically even and it's like oh which one did i play more recent or or which you know which one was i thinking about more recently and and that one sort of usually takes the cake um i love two so much uh, and like I said, like when I would I would die on that hill, right? I was like, two is the better one. It's the best game on Switch. And then, then I play the uh, definitive edition, and I'm like, oh man, like, uh, well maybe maybe the original is better, you know? I I don't know. It I think either one. I think they both should be on this list potentially, but obviously <laughs> we knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, so yeah. if one had to be represented, I, I you really as long as it was an X, you couldn't go wrong. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs> X is good too. Like, oh, they're all good. It's, like it just, it's good. But every Xenoblade game is good. X is I, good, but it's d- most definitely not one or two good. You know, I think it, I think it's it's a very different game. Actually, I think it's, it's more it's Western, much right? More, and, and what like that's like I don't know. These ones just jive. With it's less more. of it's less story based, right? Or it's less based on your on your on yeah, characters. Like, oh, I think it's more about the world and... itself, right? And the yeah you know, the the exploration of it the, when you get the scales and stuff, but. But Xenoblade Chronicles, like, I think it is a very, very good story. I think it holds up super well. I love the the definitive edition we got on Switch. It's a fantastic way to play that game. Um, there's tons, tons of content. Like it's it's definitely just a great all around RPG that uh, I think a lot of different people could get into. Um, so to see it on Switch is fantastic. Better than playing on the 3DS, or. <laughs> Hey, I play, and I played through the 3DS version. It, it, it was still it, it, the game is so good that even though that version of it is terrible, um, I still really enjoyed playing through it because it, it it does uh, so much of the good quality stand out there. Well, Paige and I were just recently discussing about uh, whether whether we'd be able to convince everyone to do a Xenoblade X playthrough. Whew. Oh, man, I, I I wouldn't mind going back to it. Honestly, I don't know if I'd play the whole thing. I'd play it for a little bit though. That that's another real long game. I. Mm-hmm. I do like like the map and the nodes and and all that stuff like and the networks like definitely very cool. It, like I said, I, I always I I think anyone that's listened to me in the past knows like I I rail on that game. Uh, I think more so for the LOLs, you know, um, because I know it grinds people's gears. But uh, it, it's a good game. But yeah, to me, it's not as good as the other ones. But I mean, I it's no Octopath as far as crappiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, David was saying that they, they've actually cut off the online features or something. Apparently, so there's no. Oh, really? Oh, that's. Too I bad. mean, I guess yeah. I guess it makes sense, but yeah, it's sort of a bummer. 
I don't. I don't think. I. I, I don't know. I. I played through the game without doing the online too much, but that, that is a shame. But I. I still like to go and just do more exploring in that game. Like there's so much. I. So many. Um, you know, end game stuff I hadn't done yet. So. Maybe there's definitely definitely a long list of stuff we need to play, but uh, that that's certainly worthy of it. Um, moving on to number six, uh, we actually just talked about uh, this company a few moments ago. This is Mass Effect Two. The bio, this is this won the the best Bioware. This was considered the best Bioware game. I I don't think I would disagree. It was fantastic. Uh, I think the the way that they set up the story and the relationships uh, was really terrific. I. I just the, the the feeling that you get from playing that game uh, is very unique and hasn't uh, been replicated to to this day. I would argue, but uh, yeah, it's a fantastic game and very deserving to be a uh, maybe maybe could have made it up a little bit further, but but you know, based on the the way that we had it set up, that uh, six was that six was as best as it could do. And you know, it's funny if if the Mass Effect trilogy had come out at the end of last year, like maybe it was planned to, uh, and it got delayed. Uh, it might be higher because it'd be be a little bit higher in uh, pu- you know, the public consciousness or whatever. Uh, but yeah, super excited to play this game in a few months with, with the the remastered trilogy uh, screenshots and and things I've seen about the uh, about the game is being redone. Uh, looks great. Uh, being able to play them on PS Five is going to be a dream. So uh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk more about this game. So it's funny that uh, playing the play PS Five just how much better a game is playing in 4k uh, that's that's what i'm looking forward to with mass effect 2 is the uh... yep yep i don't even have like a 4k tv but just playing on the ps5 with the the better loading times is good yeah <laughs> the loading times i was gonna say david's really nice. a graphics whore now um <laughs> yeah that's what happens when you get a ps5 case you know you're gonna be joining the club yeah, soon enough yeah, here i am playing <laughs> switch on my 1080p like a poor person you just wait till you get that that 4K uh, Final Fantasy VII remake on your television. And Dude, you, t- you tell mean, me that, if you like, go back. I seriously like I could picture it. We just like we actually like so I've got a really tiny little like my couch. It's not tiny in the sense that it, like it looks like a normal couch, but it's not deep, right? So it's like you can't really get too comfortable on it. And then like with Caitlin and and my dog, it like becomes too. So we bought an ottoman. And oh my god, it's life changing. Nice. So we, we ended up changing up the living room, and like we had to move the couch back a little bit. And I've been joking, and, and I put quote, quotations around joking for the last three years. Like every time we go <laughs> like anywhere that sells TVs, I'm like, oh, time to get the seventy inch, you know. So it's like one day I want to get a seventy inch 4K and a <laughs> PS5 and and Final Fantasy, and I can't wait. One day it's not going to be a joke. You're just going to walk out of the store with the TV. And it's going to be. And that's going to be the best. I, like whenever I see like a a big TV box like out in the curb, I'm just like, oh, that's a lucky man right there. You know, it's that's like, going to be me. That, that's gonna that be person you. is having themselves an amazing weekend. Yes. I've actually we finally got a couch in our house, and we've moved like four months ago. So I think TV might be next too. Oh, then, then you could be part of the the 4K. You could join David in in ogling yeah. all Although those graphics. My TV has three HDMI ports and like the cords that you can use on like the older consoles, like PlayStation Two and GameCube. So oh, like you got to hang on to that. You got to hang yeah. on to that. Yeah. You just shift that to the bedroom or something. <laughs>
And we're in the top five now. So uh, here, here's where we see Final Fantasy come back again because it's Final Fantasy VII, the original, taking the number five spot. I, uh, yeah, like we said, it was it's kind of weird. I, I don't know if it's a little bit of like like you said that remake has come out, so it's kind of put the original back in back in our consciousness in a, in a different light. Maybe we uh, have a little more affinity for it. Definitely replaying it on Switch reminded me about how great it is. But uh, when you have a franchise that's that has so many great, great games, like uh, Final Fantasy VIII, still my favorite. I w- I don't I wouldn't be silly enough to say it was the best because it probably is not. But still my personal favorite. But so yeah, so many great games in that franchise that uh, for for Final Fantasy VII to come out on top, I think that's an accomplishment and on its own. Just just uh, aside from it being number five on our list. I mean, if nothing else, this uh, this tournament has really upped my affinity for Final Fantasy VII, and uh, you know, part of that is replaying uh, or playing the remake, and part of it is just kind of reminiscing about you know not not playing this game at launch, and you know, you know, when I first played it, I played it on PC and probably didn't have like an ideal experience with that version, but then yeah, we've been talking about playing it on Switch and how much of a dream that was. Uh, but I think I played it on on PS3 at some point uh, prior to that too, but. Um, yeah, Final Fantasy VII is, it might be, gosh, I replayed Final Fantasy VI recently too, and I, I, Seven might be my favorite now, like, I, I can't even believe I'm going to say that, but I, I, I love that game, I love the characters, I love the world, there's so much to do in that game, uh, the Materia system is, it might be my favorite, like, I, I might prefer that to, uh, you know, the Sphere Grid of ten and the Esper system of six. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. Four, four will probably be my my always be my personal favorite. But I might even put Final Fantasy seven as the best Final Fantasy, and I, I do love six. And I do love sixteen bit RPGs. But seven is seven is super special. And I just regret not really. Not, I regret totally not having a PS one at launch and not playing this game at launch because I I can't imagine that it wouldn't be my maybe my personal favorite as well if I'd played this around that time as well. I don't think I'd have been able to play it at that time. What year did it come in? <laughs> uh, 96 or 97? 97, I think, right? Uh, I think it was 97 in the West. Yeah, I don't think I'd be able to read it at that age. So. <laughs> That's young... what you learn with Final Fantasy, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Dave and I learn. Final Fantasy 1, baby. Yeah. Well, I, I cre- yeah, let's see. Uh, January 31st, 1997. They're mm-hmm. saying uh, that's the initial release, so I wonder if that's that Japan. might have been the J- Japanese release. Um, sorry here. Yeah, so that uh, so in North America it was September seventh, nineteen ninety seven. Actually, that's really not that bad for a PlayStation game. I feel like for you know nine months, I guess it's sort of long. Yeah, I mean that's a big game, right? Lots of localization going into that one, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, for you know, you know, another transcendent game, groundbreaking, genre-defining, like all all those kind of adjectives. Yeah, mm. I, it's funny. I I put this and the original Diablo together, uh, in in the sense that I didn't have a PlayStation growing up, but my neighbors did. Um, they were my like direct neighbors. Like we were always hanging out, right? Like um, and they they had an N sixty four before us. Then we finally got one. Then they tr- sold their N sixty four and got a PlayStation. And I remember being at the time, you know, I was a Nintendo fanboy uh, as one is. And I was like, oh, what a bunch of idiots! Like, you know, how do they do that? And then all of a sudden, you know, you start seeing like the games, and you're like, oh, it looks pretty cool. And like Diablo and Final Fantasy seven were the two games. It's like I just want to play those games so bad. And my freaking neighbor, like, he was. So there's one that was like my age, and then he had a brother that was like closer to my brother's age. So it was like. 
they were he was like my older brother you know and he was like would never let me play and i was like you're such a dick dude and then that's <laughs> like that's why that one time I push when i finally went into eb games and saw diablo for the computer i like lost my mind you know because i was like oh, i could finally play but uh it took a little bit longer for me to finally play through final fantasy 7 but man yeah it's it's timeless, right? I, and I know it's mm-hmm. it's all the hype, and you know everyone will tell you, or a lot of people will tell you, yeah, this is better or that or that's better. But man, I just think the culmination of it all—it's got like a pretty epic story, right? It's got you know mature themes within the story, which you know when you're younger, you know that's cool, right? And these like cloud with the Buster Sword, like, is there anything more badass than a sword that's like even bigger than you are? You know? Yeah. Uh, and then and then uh. Sid, like that poor son of a gun. That's great, man. That's so <laughs> Everyone great. hates on Sid, man. The the thirty six year old senior citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it like he's like so old. <laughs> thirty six going on like seventy. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 seen the world. He's got there's nothing left for him to do. Yeah, yeah. It's all over. Just him and his old dusty rocket. Yeah. Time to go to outer space. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so brings us to number four, and this this game uh, I did not play at launch either. I, I think I actively avoided it. People were telling me uh, for years that I should be playing it. I know one of my friends in town owned it, and he kept trying to 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 hand, give it to me every time I come over. He'd be like, "Just take it home and play it." And I'm like, "Ah, no, I'm alright, I'm alright." No, 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 just take it home and play it. And I'm like, "I don't have time for this." <laughs> and then finally, uh, finally convinced me to do it. Got it home and uh, haven't given back. Haven't given him back the disc since. So um, I'll give it back to him one day or buy a used copy and pretend that's it. But yeah, this is the the Witcher Three Wild Hunt. This is uh, I really was not aware of like the whole lo- uh, story and lore and everything behind it. The novels couldn't believe uh, how how impressive this game was. Wish I'd played it earlier. I gotta gotta admit, but uh, I'm glad I played it when I did, and it was incredible experience. Very much uh, anyone who was who's currently in the same frame of mind that I was back then that, uh, you know, maybe it's too big of a commitment or whatever. It's definitely worth it in the end to give it to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've, we've talked about uh, the, the, the last games here, you know, in the top four, like we've talked about them a bunch because they, they kept coming up in the matchups. But um, yeah, Geralt's story is really special and it's nice that you don't have to actually play the first two games to really, really enjoy this one. Um, tons of content here. The expansions are, uh, um, uh, at least the, the Blood and Wine one that I played is among the best you know DLCs that I've ever experienced. It's so rich and full and uh, adds a lot to the game. But um, Witcher Three is you know probably responsible for uh, you know the, the Witcher the Witcher uh, on Netflix and and Gwent uh, you know being a standalone card game and um, they're clearly trying to build off of uh, the popularity of this game. So uh, the sky's the limit, I would say, for uh, Witcher-related uh, properties and, uh, and and media. So uh, it all started here, right? You know, why not why not go to the source? I don't know if anyone's played Thronebreaker as well, but that's kind of this weird yeah. uh, choose-your-own-adventure slash combat is, is just like a simplified version of Gwent. It's not even like a full version of Gwent. It's like, how to describe it? It's kind of like a campaign, like a situational, like a, almost like, you know, a chess game that's like three quarters of the way done and you got to take it to the end sort of thing. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not full on like Gwent matches every time, but it's, it's a pretty interesting uh, game in itself too. So the, just that whole universe is uh, quite impressive. Yeah. I still want to play that one at some point. Yeah, the, like I said, I don't have too much with The Witcher, right? Sort of, again, in that, that elk of game that I am usually don't jive with. But uh, 
it's actually sort of funny thinking about it because my sister, she it, like my running joke is she never finishes games. Um, you know, and like, oh, you beat like three games in your life. Uh, but actually, The Witcher and Mass Effect are series that like, well, I should say she played The Witcher three, and then she played the whole Mass Effect series. So sort of funny that like our our uh, sort of preferences on games are like polar opposite. <laughs> <laughs> but I know she loved it. I know that. And Paige, I'm guessing you haven't. Uh, did, do you own it on Switch though? Uh, yeah, I think I bought the Switch version just because it was interesting to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the 360 version of the game that didn't exist. You know, she got yeah. duped. There's that back. There's that backlog coming up again. Yeah. So I may, you know, if I ever stop reviewing games, maybe I can play it. But yeah, it's a, <laughs> I mean, big... Paige, it's only like a hundred hours. I mean, you can <laughs> squeeze it in there. I'm sure. How am I gonna fit that in with the other podcast games? Then, huh? <laughs> no sleep. Just wait for The Witcher Four. We'll do an episode. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, uh, the third one. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I was. I felt. Uh, I was very close at. at uh, Pooching the numbers on this one, I this t- to me this is the the true number one of the the battle royale. Just rip the bandaid off, David. Uh, rip it off. Persona Five came in third. I think it's crap, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least it's third. I suppose. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's the uh, the best JRPG ever made, but uh, not everyone agrees with me, and I'll, I'm I'm comfortable with that fact. That's fine. It made it to third. Good I got, enough. Like I, I, I don't know how. Like you guys have been giving me, you can be giving me crap about Octopath, <laughs> and I, I was gonna write this big long speech about how Persona Five isn't actually all that good. Oh. Uh, but, but then I, but, but then I stopped. And I'm like, I actually really like this game, so I'm not gonna like try to pretend it's bad <laughs> or something. Like, I, I think that compared to the the next two games, especially number one, uh, I think, I think there is a clear reason why. Uh, the top two shook out the way that they did. Um, Persona Five, you know, if we can knock it for anything, like it, it the the dungeons are, are aren't super interesting. You know, they're I, I don't think oh it's more God. the same. Right? <laughs> it, the, it, they're very they're very similar to like just Persona dungeons, which I don't think are all are all that. You know, there's not that much depth to them. The palaces are way different to like Tartarus. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like the evolution of the the Persona dungeon has definitely gotten better. I, like, I haven't played 5 in a while, but I feel like remembering where 4 was more like, yeah, I'm just going through these corridors and killing people, you know, to get from point A to point B, where I thought 5, you actually, like, it made you think about things more. And it was, I don't know, I thought they were more fun. I, I I hear what I, what I'm saying when I, when I say that the the dungeons aren't that interesting. I think the the game outside of the dungeons is fascinating, and I really enjoy uh, the the social links and you know running around Tokyo and stuff like that. But when it get when it comes to getting the I like the combat, but the the dungeons themselves, like looking through them, they, they, to me everything kind of looks the same, and it's the. There's an art gallery. You've got a bank you know the casino phantom i love the casino yeah all these themed areas that look awesome he's trolling right now he's just trying to get us back (laughs) but he just he doesn't have a valid excuse because i'm really trying to play devil's advocate and it's not working because because i I really like persona i think my biggest maybe the royal edition would sway me more but i I think that my biggest criticism of five would be the length i think the length might make it um just the fact that it's probably 90 hours minimum, even if you're going pretty quick, 
it just it, it makes it um unapproachable for a lot of people like it that that could be yeah. like six months of video games for like not not everyone uh play plays uh as religiously yeah, as could, we do if you can only put in a few hours a week you're yeah you'll never see the end of that game i think yeah. it took me two months to play so yeah and that's i think that's what happened to me too was like i played a bunch of it then i went to pax and then it was like, oh, like I haven't played in a week, and like now I'm sort of forgetting exactly where I'm at. And then it was like, and then it fell off, you know. Yeah, it's actually I did finish it in I think 2019. I played it on the PS3, mm-hmm. um, so that's when I actually finished it. I had started it a couple times before that, but so it's, you know, one of the lists that I've actually played is. <laughs> I, I would wager that if I played the Royal Edition, I'd probably have a, even a little more fondness for it because I, I like the way that that seems to expedite the dungeon exploring. And I, it, I just the, that's my feeling about all the Persona games. I, I don't like the the dungeons crawling as much. Like I yeah, I like I like the combat. I like the the bosses that are pretty tough and challenging. Um, I, I and I, li- I like the demon collecting, but I just don't like going through the dungeons. Whether they're more interesting in five or more, uh, there's more to do in them. I, I still prefer. Just everything outside outside the the, the dungeon crawling. I, I, I that's just me. I like the relationships. The next game we're gonna play is like a eighty hour dungeon crawler, and that's all you do is crawl dungeons. <laughs> Entry and Odyssey. What's or, or Persona Q? Perfect. Yeah, I will say. See, I, I like I, I like those games because that that's all you yeah. do. Like there, there's no there's none of the relationship side, so I can just kind of mindlessly grind. Those are perfect like podcasts. There's no or TV good part to, to make you realize how bad this part is. Strange, strange journey <laughs> exactly. was uh, mostly dungeon crawling too, right? If I re- recall yeah, that correctly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same with like, all, all, I mean, all the SMT games are like that, yeah. right? Like it's it's just kind of their nature. But I think that's what makes Persona stand out is the the relationships, right? The the high school drama. Like I I I love that part of it. And then when 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 you're not doing that, I'm like, okay, when when can I just get through the dungeon and get back to you know going to classes and you know taking final exams and stuff? Like I actually enjoy that part a lot. So. My my fiance really hates things that are set in school settings. Like it's just you know, everything's about teenagers and stuff like that. But he says that the story in this is good enough that it makes you know them being teenagers not that bad, or it's still really interesting and the characters are good. I'm really curious if Persona Six will still be set in a high school, or if they'll they'll do something else. I, like I, I just I, don't know how it's going to live up to five. So. We'll find <laughs> out in 2032. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, the, to be fair, I don't think Persona Six is that far off. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we just got the rollage, but they'll 29. probably announce in the next year or two. I don't know if it'll be that yeah. that long. That's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Remember, I remember when there was a screenshot. I pu- I'm pretty sure it was 2013 was Persona Five, and then it didn't come out till what 20. Okay, so Persona Four uh, was 2008, and Persona Five was 2016, right? Yeah. yeah, so, so 20, 2024. Uh, yeah. I, we're yeah, still maybe. waiting for uh, SMT5. Yeah. We haven't even seen exactly. it. We haven't even seen <laughs> gameplay. Like, uh, four, it was announced four years ago. Yeah. Actually, four and a half, right? It was in that. It was in September. It was with the very first reveal. Yes, re- you're right. Reveal. The switch, the switch to reveal. And people yeah. make fun of Nomura for not being able to finish games. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. To, I can't even. SMT3 is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Ugh. It's going to be a good year for SMT fans, that's for sure. Until it's pushed till 2022, but that's one. <laughs> Hope not. Uh so we're up to we're up to the final two. So uh I guess when when I announce the second one it'll be pretty obvious who wins, but 
Number two is the uh, the Bethesda masterpiece Skyrim. So uh, definitely uh, definitely can't argue with that one. That's a, a, a terrific game. Uh, I recently just realized that I owned it on another platform that I didn't realize I did. So I probably got like four or five copies of the game now, which I think a lot of people that's that's not uncommon. I don't think to to have this game on so many different platforms. And uh, this this is a game I could still even to this day I could just pick it up and keep going like nothing's happened and have a grand old time. Um, one of those games where sometimes like I forget some of the quests, so it just makes the experience uh, that much more fun when I replay it. So uh, the the only thing I'll never change uh, anymore is the the stealthy assassin approach. That's uh, that's the only thing that I'm locked in for good now going forward. Skyrim is funny because it's this massive open world game that feels like it's a pick up and play game. It feels like you could just pick it up for a couple hours and have a ball just go, you know, just running in one direction, finding a new town or a town you've already visited and checking in on people and seeing what side quests are available or killing everybody and taking their, their gold, <laughs> and their objects. If, if, if you feel so inclined, like it, it, it's, you can really do it, it's a playground, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the David special. <laughs> it's uh, the Like I, having this game on switch is awesome. I think them debuting uh, the console by showing, or, you know, one of the initial reveals of the switch, they showed Skyrim and playing it on a plane. And I think that the one thing that stuck to me about Skyrim is it, it's available in so many places that they joked about, I don't know if it was Todd Howard or somebody joked about putting it on uh, a fridge, right? Uh, Skyrim is is ubiquitous as, as far as I'm concerned uh, for, for Western RPGs. Like it is the quintessential uh, RPG masterpiece that, that everyone is, you know, modded to death and, and everyone has played probably some iteration of it on some console. And the fact that it's still, you know, there's probably going to be a version of it on PS5 or a Series X with enhancements at some point. Uh, maybe that may be tied into um, uh, the, the Bethesda acquisition uh, from Microsoft, but I don't know. But um, yeah, Skyrim just feels like it's, it's just this monumental game that, that everyone has had some good or weird or funny experience with uh and it's 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 risen above all the bugs that it uh, debuted with and you know th- those became almost memes in their own right and yeah what a what a what an accomplishment this game is um i will always you know, have a fondness for skyrim it's one of the few games where i've actually bothered to like role play my character like I've actually given them a. I mean, which it was basically the personality was just that they would kill every elf they saw. But uh, like, I, because <laughs> of the open nature of the game, I felt like I could actually have my character behave a certain way, even without you know certain things that other games like later would have. Is there anything in particular about elfs that that really grinds your gears? Well, well they're very rude. <laughs> they are jerks, and they are jerks in Skyrim. The 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 Deventer, uh... I can't remember from getting the, the name Imperium. right. The Deventer Imperium or whatever it is that they. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Uh, yeah, there's just so. It's funny you say that because it really is so open that you can, you can just play it any way. You, like you can make your own story within there. Like you don't even have to follow the stories that are going on. You can just create your own. But um, like the the Daedra quests, I I always thought were hilarious. Especially the one that starts in the bar where the guy uh, slips you a, a Mickey and then you find out all the things that, all the crazy stuff that you ended up doing uh, and, and then having to like clean up your mess. Like I think you like end up butchering a cow at a farm or something and you like pay off the farmer for, for being a jerk and stuff. Like it's just, there, there's so many things at a left field and there's just so many different ways. And then with the DLC that lets you build your own house and stuff, like it's just, yeah, incredible game. But that takes us to number one and I will... 
I will just preface this by saying I don't think it's undeserving of number one. I just feel like Persona 5 should have won. But having said that, the number one game voted on by everybody that wins the RPG Battle Royale is the SNES Classic, the all-star made game by the best at Square and the best at Enix. It's unsurprisingly Chrono Trigger. I mean, we didn't we, we we didn't want to say during the first episodes uh, that whoever Chrono Trigger was going up against was was going to lose to the eventual winner, but um, th- this yeah this shouldn't be a surprise to to many people. We could just talk about Persona Five versus Chrono Trigger for the next hour if we wanted to, <laughs> but uh, Chrono Trigger is it is charming. It is it it is it has so much heart in it. Its characters and its story and the multiple endings. Uh, really, really satisfying, unique gameplay that you know few, few you know developers have been able to kind of emulate since, uh, despite despite trying to do so. Um, yeah, when when you when you lose Chrono in this game, it it, it it's devastating. Like it, it really does feel like the heart of the game has just been ripped out, and your party kind of wanders along aimlessly until you're able to you're able to revive him. Like it it is a, a such a fantastic turn. Uh, and it just kind of like invigorates you to finish the game from that point on. Like when you, you, you think you, you, you know, all hope is lost and the team kind of struggles on without Chrono and then you realize, oh, no, there, there's a way you can bring him back and you work towards that and bring him back. And then you're getting ready for the final battle with Lavos. Like it's, it, it's a, it's a, such a classic game that I, I cannot believe it's not accessible you know, on, on, on Switch and or on consoles. Like, and we, we, we think we did talk about there being a PC version of this game, but, you know, bring this to yeah. Switch. How is this not on Switch already? Like, come Shocked on. they haven't done a remake of this. Shocked. Yeah. yeah. Like, you'd think... Well, didn't they do a, a mobile version for you, David? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hope oh, so. Oh, man. I hope so. Like, but, like, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, we've got Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, I'm really shocked that we don't have a, a Chrono Trigger. It just seems like a no-brainer. Like, how much buzz would that... that create just the near near just announcing there's going to be a 3d chrono trigger like that would blow everyone's mind it just it's crazy that they haven't i feel like they've got that like uh you know like with the little glass like in case of emergency break um (laughs) that's right like it's got you've got chrono trigger in there like nintendo's got ocarina of time 3d remake like that that's back at their headquarters you know um Obviously, a couple of years ago, they had to bust in the Final Fantasy one because, again, yeah, just the the hype that some of these games would bring um, would be insane. And even if the game stunk, which, of course, is not something we would want ever, right? Of course. But, um, mm-hmm. like, even if it stunk, it would still sell. You know what I mean? Like, people would want to play it even they, like even if it was solely to, like, rip it apart, you know? But well, the pre-orders I, alone. The pre-orders alone yeah, would be alone insane. Would be- insane and i mean obviously again i haven't played final fantasy 7 remake but from what i gather like a lot of people really enjoyed it right so i mean even if they ended up putting a little different spin on it um i I think it would have like a really cool uh action rpg battle system like with the with the different texts and stuff and like I, i feel like that would be really cool (laughs) you know what i mean like i think there would be like a lot of potential to sort of bring that to a a more modern feel and people would really you know be into it and honestly it's like you already have the graphics uh the the art style down essentially right like you could make it look almost identical to like dragon quest 10 right like or 11 like oh man like 
that kind of art style, I don't know. I, I think it could, <laughs> could be really cool. Um, but, but then again, I think everyone probably thinks that. But also, how unoriginal that Chrono Trigger won it. We're just like every other podcast. <laughs> so, so um, since this one doesn't mean I'm legally required to play the game um, and have to do a, a one-woman show because you guys have already talked about it. <laughs> Paige, we would all be happy to talk about this game uh, again ad nauseum. Like, there's there's no shame in doing another Chrono Trigger episode or talking more about Chrono Trigger. Uh, especially, you know, it would be great to hear your thoughts on it because you haven't played the game and we all have this nostalgia for it. Uh, and for or for that era, the you you obviously don't, and so he's hearing someone with a fresh take on it would be really uh, really nice to hear. I well, think, so. and Jordan wasn't uh, wasn't on that episode. This was like the Chrono Trigger right. was like our fifth or sixth episode, I think. And yeah, so Jordan, it would that would be a, a new episode for Jordan too. So if Chrono Trigger itself doesn't get a remake, at the very least, our podcast episode on Chrono <laughs> Trigger will get a remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll that'll drive the uh, the clicks when when the title for the podcast is uh, Chrono Trigger Remake. Oh yeah. I mean I'm oh, sure that'd go over right. well. <laughs> you know, it's at some point at some point we're going to see this game again. It's too good, it's too well known. Everyone is asking for it. You're either going to see a remaster. Like Square Enix seems very interested in remastering and bringing forward old games. You know, we're seeing the Saga games uh that you know, they put Dragon Quest 1, 2 and 3 on Switch even though they're mobile versions. Um uh the the Mana games that are getting remastered editions like Square is clearly recognizing the the power and value of their back catalog. It's only a matter of time till they see, you know, okay, which which game did the Thirsty Mage award number one in their Battle Royale Chrono Trigger? How have we not done a remaster or remake of that game yet? Like it, it's it's in the cards. Like I have to believe they're they're not their their heads aren't that deep into the sand that they aren't aware of how popular and how how well this game would sell. I, I I'm sure it's just a matter of what they what exactly they want to do with it. Like do. Do they want a straight re-release? Just drop the you know the PC version onto Switch or or and modern and, and PS5 and Xbox, or do they want to do something more extensive? Do they want to go back and make changes? I I don't know. It's it's really tough with this game because it's definitely like a jewel in their crown, and if you do the wrong thing, it could it could backfire on them, right? Like yeah, I get it. They could make a bad remake and people would play it. They still make money. But I think it would hurt their branding, and it could hurt future remakes as well. So I think they still do want to do good, do a good job with these. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, obviously, they wouldn't want to just poop it out if they were going to make, like, a, a true remake. But, like, I think a lot of people would have told you, right, Final Fantasy VII, like, don't remake it. It's perfect as it is. You're going to mess it up, right? Um, I feel like that would probably be the sentiment going into a Chrono Trigger remake. But I think how well-received... I mean, look, Final Fantasy VII Remake made the top ten list here. You know what I mean? So it's like... I think they could redo it and make it really awesome too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. especially Maybe. like you said like there's there haven't been a lot of remakes or re-releases where 7's been re-released a bajillion times, right? So it would get like a a totally new audience that has never played it. Where I'm sure 7 remake got people who didn't play it also, but I think there would be a larger margin of people who haven't played Chrono Trigger uh that would I mean, maybe maybe they'll even remake it so that, or they'll remake Persona Five to make it better than Chrono Trigger because it's clearly mm. not. So, yeah, yeah maybe they just we'll change a that. few things up, you know. It's if remaking Chrono Trigger and making it worse would be the only way it would be it would be below well, Persona Five. Maybe that's the method they go. <laughs> yeah, maybe Dave just David just funds a Chrono Trigger remake that's bad, and then that that then <laughs> Persona Five will rise will rise to the top of the, the, the charts. The crop, here, so. yep. 
I think the only way yeah. they could pooch a Chrono Trigger remake is by making it a pocket edition. <laughs> Honestly, you you joke that it's not even out of the realm of possibility. Uh, that's why that I don't want to bring happen. it up. <laughs> it could happen. Well, that that's been uh, three months. The the result of three months of work, and now that the RPG battle royale is finally done and in the books, uh, last call is back. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. This is the last call for alcohol. It's it's been uh, uh, unlocked from the uh, the RPG battle royale. Now it's uh, can go on to bigger and better things. And uh, this week is uh, it's been a hot minute since we played a Final Fantasy game on uh, the podcast. I, I can't believe how long it's been. I, the fact that I can't remember the last Final Fantasy game or t- like the last time we played a game. I guess it would have been six maybe like a long time ago now i think last year maybe in the summer i don't know seven remake or uh, oh i guess seven yeah, remake guess, did, we, uh, did we do six after seven remake maybe i don't remember yes yeah, but uh too long in in any either mm-hmm. either so uh last call this week is a, a discussion on what final fantasy game that we're going to be playing uh, next and it's worth noting that Paige Paige brought this yes. up as this is her suggestion. I think it's a good one because yeah. uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of directions we can go here in a uh, a non you know numbered Final Fantasy game that uh, we haven't really talked about a lot of those on the podcast. Um, and it sort of depends, I think, mostly what you guys actually have access to is one thing. But that's why I sort of put like potential spinoffs because they've got Tactics Advance. Uh, we've been meaning to do the Four Heroes of Light because that's the um, predecessor to the Bravely Default series. And then there's lots of other ones like World of Final Fantasy or different Crystal Chronicles games. Is Pocket Edition a spinoff? I know yep. David's been clamoring for Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. That's it. That's his vote. I'm just going to just, just put it on the list. Yeah. For I'd rather David. play Octopath. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pump the brakes, David. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> okay let's play octopath again uh i mean the four heroes of light that would definitely be an interesting one I- i've never played that mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure i picked it up uh during one of those square enix like where we've got a million games on sale from our site at crazy good prices yes. but we still charge an arm and a leg for shipping uh so it's one of those where i was like well if i'm gonna pay the 20 dollars shipping or whatever it was i'm gonna make it worth my money so i got a whole bunch of games over there but uh i've got uh well tactics advances on wii u i think both uh the first one and the second one might be on wii u if i'm not mistaken on the on the virtual console i think i i i, I, I want to check on that but I, I think they're there i'd have to double check i i think i think that sounds familiar too but i i don't want to confirm uh, I, there's also um, I, I picked up a bunch of those games on the on the that's the sale the Square Enix uh, store sale as well Casey I've got um, a couple of the Crystal Chronicles games for DS I've got uh, Chocobo Tales as well I don't know if any of you guys have access to to those games uh, it does look like yeah Tactics Advance at least the first one is on Wii U Virtual Console see I think uh, I have a two I think I got from that sale oh uh, okay okay so you you actually have the cartridge for it Uh yeah I'm, I'm- like ninety nine percent positive. I'd have to again double check. Oh, when I'm nice. Sure. Okay. I I'd be interested in tracking. I I play either one. I think I preferred the first game. I think A two is a little different, but uh, I I'd be down to play either of them if if there's a preference. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what other spin off, a little more maybe off the beaten beaten path. Right. Um. 
Is there like a... Yeah, so A A2 did not come to Wii U, so you'd have to have the cartridge to play that. Um, if we could do that at some point, maybe after um, after the uh, analog pocket comes out, I'd, I'd love to play it that way. Uh, I'm kind of thinking about you know a lot of handheld games I want to play uh, on the pocket that that you where you would have to have the cartridge where it wasn't released uh, digitally somewhere. So if we did Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, we could do that sooner. But if we if we did A2, I'd want to wait till out maybe uh, summer or a little bit later in the summer or something like that. But I, I'm down for either or Forest of Light is good too. Like I've, I've got, I've got that on DS. So that, that's an easy one. I say, I've got, uh, I've got I, a I list re- of the strangest Final Fantasy spinoffs here. Uh, Crystal Chronicles, <laughs> not that strange for heroes, legend of mana, crystal defenders, Final Fantasy record keeper. I don't know if I heard of that one. Uh, I think it's game. a mobile oh, game. Just, rip. just um, the uh, what you call it? The, uh, theater rhythm. Uh, another crystal. That's got to be a. De- uh, My life as a dark lord. Uh, was that a? That's a Wii. There's some that was Wii, a Wii, Wii shop. Okay. Yeah, right? WiiWare games. Airborne so barrage. That looks like a mobile game. Uh, all the bravest. Final Fantasy. All the bravest. Yeah, another. Mo- all these are mobile games. Mobile game. Yeah. What a There's list. a Final Fantasy. Expl- I, I've got Final Fantasy Explorers on 3DS. I picked Ooh, that from the Square Enix store sale. Uh, yeah, yeah, we could I try that. that <laughs> Type you zero. Paige, have you played it? Is it bad? There was a demo of it. I, I, think, I heard it point. wasn't good, so I didn't pick it up. Oh, I imagine whatever game we're playing you, here is going to be bad. Remember, that, that's, uh, that's my default. Revenant Wings. <laughs> remember that Final Fantasy 12 Revenant. Yeah, Wings? I've I've got I've got I was going to send I've got I've got a second copy. I was going to send David that we could play I've that. Got, as well. I've got that one. I bought that one back in the day. So. Nice. Pro- probably one of the tactics games and Four Heroes of Light because I think someone was asking about that a while ago too. <laughs> well, Four yeah. Heroes of Light I thought was was good. Didn't James tell us that was a good one? Uh, yeah, but that's James though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what he says. a little. Scared. Um, James likes a lot of funky games. Four Heroes of Light. I, I started playing it. Uh, played put a two or three hours in a couple weeks ago because uh, uh, Alex DeFritis, a uh, 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 new uh, new staff at uh, new staffer at NWR, is working on a feature uh, on Bravely Default. Actually, like kind of the history of it. Um, and so we, we 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 did a little interview thing talking about that game, and uh, it's interesting. Like, it, it, I think it'd be worth going back to. It, it's very. You can kind of see how it uh, evolves into Bravely default eventually um it is a little rough uh especially visually but uh i i'd be happy to continue playing that game or tactics advance but Paige, you i mean you this is your topic what which which way do you want to go here uh, I don't, I don't. she's like i'm not ready for I'm this not. pressure yeah we well we i i've been I mean, doing I lots have, of been doing lots of polls have, we could take it to the patreon yeah polls yeah. polls polls we could okay. patreon polls. why do we put do, up do tactics, advance? tactics advance or okay Heroes so tactics Light. advance four heroes of light let's can we throw one more on there uh, unless it's another tactics game, because <laughs> well, those those two are. I think like three think... other of them. Re- Revenant Wings is pretty easy to get. I think I don't think it's super expensive, and that's definitely a little bit of a, a strange game. It is a strange game. Yeah, it's like a strategy. RPG yeah, yeah, but like yeah, or definitely. A, a real-time but then, like, I think David would like it because it's you know Final Fantasy twelve, right? I, I know you really like that game a lot. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that could be a good poll. Um, I'm trying to see how long it is. Well, throw throw out those three, and we can maybe we can make another poll later on with some more even more obscure games later, and sure. uh, see what we can pick up. Cool. I think I have most of the ones that were mentioned already, though. You need an excuse to play them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is this is what this is what the podcast has devolved into is an excuse to play obscure. Games. It's it's yeah. an excuse to yeah like just not be a turd and play one game forever right it's like nope i gotta go yeah. play this game 
Yeah. We know you're talking about yourself, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Casey, getting you away from playing a World of Warcraft. Like, no, that's, that's I don't the play objective World here. of Warcraft that much. <laughs> you play you play uh, World of Warcraft as much as I play Legends of Heroes. Yeah, maybe. That sounds dangerous. It's probably close. <laughs> it's probably really close. And that that's, uh, yeah, we need an intervention for Which you I both. Which I think so. is more impressive on your end, because at least mine's like a multiplayer game that, like, things reset and you do stuff over again. Like, you're just a boss. You're just railing that series down. Yeah. I'm at the point where I've replayed a couple of them now, but... Uh... Uh, I have no regrets. I I'm especially the fact that the ones I'm like I'm replaying three right now and, and picking up so many little things that I didn't wouldn't have known before playing the first two. So I'm happy to to go back and uh, get get these little nuances. I'm having a grand old time, but definitely got to play some other stuff. So looking forward to this uh, this Final Fantasy uh, side or side uh, spinoff quest or whatever to to. I mean, just just when just when our patrons and listeners were thinking that the polls were done, you know, <laughs> throw another we've one, got another one for you. Crack the whip. It's just going to be a, a weekly poll from now on, so uh, you can you can thank Paige for that. But these are good suggestions. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just joking. I I hate I I love doing polls and, and answering them, and I I think that having an excuse to go back to uh, any of these games is a is, is a welcome one. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's been too long since we've uh, played a, a Final Fantasy game together, so to to do a spinoff one uh, will be will be a ball. Well, I think that's uh, that about does it for the hundredth episode. I wasn't sure if I should just go right into the outro, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but yes, uh, yeah. So so this uh, this wraps up a hundred a hundred wonderful episodes uh, of uh, the Thirsty Mage podcast. Uh, you know, maybe we'll get to a hundred uh, hundred more, five hundred more. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but as long as Square Enix keeps uh, making games that David likes, <laughs> and as long as the Trails of Heroes uh, Trail Legend of Heroes series continues, I'm sure we'll have uh, lots of games to talk about. But they, but of course, there's there's always the okay. the backlogs to yeah. dive into too and that that's the whole point of of doing a poll like this and and uh figuring out which spin-off game to play is we we need it we need an excuse to go back to uh, games that we've already spent money on to justify those past purchases <laughs> so we don't feel too bad we don't feel too guilty about yeah. them um this was uh yeah 100 episodes so 101 next week uh do we have a topic for next week i know it's not we've got uh mario and luigi dream team coming up but that's a couple that's of weeks from now weeks, yep Two, two weeks uh, from next, now. Yep. Next week is direct sequels versus uh, games and franchises. So it's... Uh, right on. There'll probably be a lot of uh, Bravely Default 2 talk. We'll, we'll have a little bit of a talk about whether these games should have, like, whether they should be part of these numbered franchises or outside or whatever, and uh, that'll yep. give us kind of a, a way to talk about Bravely Default 2 and a few other games at the same time. And uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be uh, next week. Somehow the title has to be like convincing David to buy Bravely Default Two. Yeah. Like that has to be the title of the episode. You can book that now. We're gonna throw that in there. Uh, that'll be that'll be so our job. If ever for four heroes of light, and then they play that convinces him to who needs that gameplay again. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Actually, yeah, there, there's a nice kind of segue there between the, the Bravely games and then going back to Four Heroes of Light. If if it makes the poll, even if it doesn't, we should play it anyways. But. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, if you haven't, uh, if you haven't already, you know, step to the podcast on your podcast app of choice, leave us a review, let us know what you think of the podcast, helps with visibility. Uh, David mentioned the Discord channel that we've got, lots of, lots of great people in there talking about great games and, uh, we'd love to have, we'd love to hear, love to hear from you and, and, you know, see you join, join the community. Uh, we've got a Patreon at, uh, patreon.com slash the thirsty mage. Uh, we'd love to have your support there and you can get some, uh, at, uh, the, the higher tiers. You can get, uh, games to, to review and to play and to, to share your thoughts on, on the thirsty mage website. So that's fun. Um, 
We've got uh, some, everyone, uh, I think here has some content coming up. David, what are you working on right now? Uh, so as of the recording, I just got uh, a review copy of, uh, I have no idea how to properly pronounce this name, uh, Janisha or Nonisha or I don't know how to pronounce. I think it's just I think it's just Nosha. Nosha? I don't. I think I think the G is silent. Okay, so Nosha. So this was a game I believe uh, started off on the PS Vita, and is being brought over to uh, the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I've heard people describe it as an anime Among Us, and it it looks pretty neat. It uh, it's one of those games that can be it's uh, can be replayed. It's like a visual novel where you're trying to figure out. Uh, who the uh, the evil alien is. I guess an alien has taken over someone's body and, and you have to find out who it is. And every time you replay the game, it's someone new. So it's uh, gonna, it sounds like an interesting experience. And uh, hopefully by the time this podcast is up, I'll have a review out for it on the website. Uh, Paige, what about you? What, uh, what do you got cooking on your YouTube channel? Well, assuming I can wrestle the PS5 um, enough time, uh, my Atelier Rise the 1 and 2 review should be done before the next podcast episode. So. Nice, uh, and your your podcast, your YouTube channel again is Paige Detlefson. Uh, Casey, what uh, what do you guys got cooking on the Talk Nintendo podcast? Uh, well, we just recorded another episode last night where you can, uh, if you want to hear about those bravely default two impressions before we get to them here, uh, I talked a little bit about that. Um, we had Alex Kalafi came on to talk about some Pokemon and all that uh, information that just was released last week with the upcoming games. Um, and, uh, yeah, then of course we've got the Mario and Luigi episode coming up in a couple of weeks, which, you know, that'll be posted here as well. But, uh, yeah, every week we got an episode going out, talk Nintendo podcast, uh, in all your, your podcast catchers, if you will. And then on Twitter, talk Nintendo pod. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Alex talking about Pokemon on, on, on your podcast. Uh, Alex has a feature on NWR as well about uh, his thoughts on, uh, the, uh, Pokemon diamond and pearl, uh, announcement uh, that came during the Pokemon Day last weekend, uh, and, and also some thoughts on uh, Pokemon Ar- Arceus. They said Arceus. I always thought it was Arceus, but whatever. Uh, Pokemon Arce- uh, Arceus Legend uh, game that's coming out. I- I'm excited for all of those. Maybe we'll talk about them a little bit next week. Uh, I've got a review uh, posting on Thursday, so if you're listening to this, if you're a, a Patreon member uh, and you're listening to this, you might be able to catch the review on NWR right now and our YouTube channel, NWR TV, uh, a review of a game called Everhood. Uh Gosh, it is incredible. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Undertale. I gave it a very high score, so check out the review. Let me know what you think. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Riskman64. Um, but I think that'll do it for this week's recording. So really fun to kind of catch up on the top 10. Really happy to see Chrono Trigger above Persona 5. I think that was a, a you know definite uh, uh, positive result for the, the, uh, the, the tournament. So happy to see that. Uh, David's fuming right now, so I need to get <laughs> off here. Glad to see Octopath uh, uh, nowhere to be seen. Yeah, it was, it I got you been, back. Dave. Wasn't even included. <laughs> Terrible. We should have. We should have at least put Project Triangle Strategy on the on the on the tournament. Maybe the next one. I guess. We, I guess we didn't even. We didn't even know about it. Yet, so <laughs> a late write in. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for for this one. So thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll talk Here's to you next. Do a hundred more. Woo wee. <laughs>